Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. We are just past the first Sunday in Lent. This is the first Monday in Lent, and I I truly pray that you're doing well and drawing near to God. Um, And it's the only solution we have in these times, to draw near to God, to help your family, your children to do that, because the times are not going to get better. And if you don't plan now, to strengthen your children in the faith, to um, say no to your um, desires and wishes uh, of the flesh, uh, and truly uh, come together and live the faith as a family, and prepare yourselves, prepare for there being no electricity. I'm not a prophetess. I'm not telling you there will be none, but I suspect that uh, as this war in Ukraine rages on, uh, we may not have electricity. You may not... Um, in time to come, be able to use your computer or your iPhone, you've got to now prepare to live as a family, as families used to live without electricity. Prepare to have food for months for your family. And again, no electricity, um, no lights, get plenty of um, oil lamps, plenty of oil, uh, plenty of matches. Look online for survival kits. Um and don't wait until you panic or have nothing. Store up um, absolute minimum, I would say, of four months of food for, for each person, for your entire family. And learn how to cook without a stove, without electric, even without gas. Um, there are so many websites that are helpful. Our sisters are, are on them. We are doing the same here. If Again, if you don't need everything you have, you'll be able to help those who don't have. But I wouldn't wait any longer to do that. Again, don't panic. Just live together as a family um, and start now so you're not in a panic when, when it's too late, when you have to. Uh, be prepared. Uh, as the, the, the gospel would say, have your oil lamps lit and don't run out of oil. <clears throat> because those who have may not be able to share with you because they need to survive themselves. So God is allowing this, beloved. We are his. He is still in control. He has not left the throne. He is building his church. And Our Lady, his mother, is cleaning house. So um, not to panic. Uh, why is God doing this? Don't. I, we, we cannot attribute Uh, to God what's the evil that's happening why is he allowing it because we have free will and it's time to build the church Um, and it's time for Catholics who are Catholic in name only just like our present president and other members of the government and many thousands within our own country they're Catholic in name only but they need to become truly Catholic we need to help one another Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano has written a wonderful letter. Um, it's, uh, it was written 
um, last week, just five days ago, actually, and um, it was a letter to us, um, to uh, all of America and beyond, on on this Lenten season. And he begins uh, with the scripture verse that says, Come and be converted to me, says the Lord. Come weeping. Let us shed tears to God, because we have transgressed, and because of us the earth suffers. We have committed iniquity, and because of us its foundations have been shaken. Let us hasten to prevent God's wrath, weeping and saying, You who take upon yourself the sins of the world, have mercy on me. And some of you may say, well, it's not because of me. Well, God sees us as a family. And if our brother's in trouble, if he's not living the faith, if he's away from the faith, and we don't reach out to help him, um, then we are responsible as well. Archbishop Vigino says, It is difficult for a man of today to understand these words of the Ambrosian Missal. That's where they're taking from. They are yet simple in their severe clarity, for they show us that God's wrath because of our sins and betrayals can only be appeased by contrition and penance. In the Roman rite, this concept is made even more clearly in the prayer of the Litany of the Saints, which says, O God, who is offended by guilt and appeased by penance, look kindly on the prayers of your people who implore you and turn away from us the scourges of your wrath, which we deserve because of our sins. Christian civilization was able to treasure this salutary notion, which keeps us away from sin, not only for fear of the just punishment that it entails, but also for the offense caused to the majesty of God. Dear ones, you know, I've, I've told you, even in my young life in my Jewish home, if we offended God, um, if we sinned in school, on the playground, with our friends, anywhere, public school, anywhere, uh, for us it was, it was a shame because we betrayed our parents, we betrayed the Jewish people, and we betrayed the God whom we claim to know and love. And that's true for us as Catholics. Down the centuries, humanity converted to Christ. Um, the humanity, I should say, down the centuries, humanity converted to Christ knew how to recognize in the mournful events of history, in earthquakes, famines, pestilences, and wars, They knew how to recognize the punishment of God. And always the people struck by these scourges knew how to do penance and implore divine mercy. And when the Lord, the Blessed Virgin, or the saints intervened in human affairs with apparitions and revelations in addition to the call to observe the law of God, they threatened great tribulations if men were not converted. At Fatima also, Our Lady asked for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart and the reparative communion of the first Saturdays as an instrument to appease the anger of God and to be able to enjoy a period of peace. 
Otherwise, she said, Russia will spread its errors throughout the world, promoting wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be destroyed, end quote. It's on us now, beloved, isn't it? Archbishop says, what should we expect from disregarding Our Lady's requests and continuing to offend the Lord with more and more horrible sins? Our Lady says, they did not want to fulfill my request. Like the King of France, they will repent and do it, but it will be late. Russia will have already spread its errors throughout the world, provoking wars and persecutions of the church, end quote. These wars which today afflict humanity to enslave it and submit it to the infernal plan of the Great Reset inspired by Chinese communism are once again the result of our indocility, of our obstinacy, in believing that we can trample on the law of the Lord and blaspheme his holy name without consequences. What wretched presumption, how much Luciferian pride. This is from one of the holiest, most courageous, uh, most faithful men of the church, Archbishop Maria, uh, Carlo Maria Vigano. He continues, the de-Christianized world and the secularized mentality that has infected even Catholics does not accept the idea of a God offended by the sins of men and who punishes them with scourges so that they repent and ask for forgiveness. Yet this concept is one of the ideas that the creative hand of God has impressed on the soul of every man inspiring that sense of justice that even pagans have. But precisely because it is present in all men of all times, our contemporaries are horrified by the idea of a God who rewards the good and punishes the bad, a God who reveals himself in his anger, who asks for tears and sacrifices from those who offend him. Behind this aversion to the wrath of God, offended by the sins of mankind, and even more so by those whom he made his children in baptism, is the implacable hatred of the enemy of the human race for the redeeming sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the passion of the Son of God, for the ransom that his blood has merited for each of us after the fall of Adam and after our personal sins. Beloved, we will continue with this right after our break. And um, I didn't mention earlier, but that um, perhaps you know from now on, we will take your calls, uh, your texts, your emails throughout the program. The emails uh, we won't take immediately, but we will take your calls. Um, and the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at We'll take your emails on the program um, that same day if, we, if, if possible, but we'll interrupt the reading for your calls. We'll uh, be right back, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. 
This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone talk about how important it is to be progressive? Have you ever asked them what they mean by that? G.K. Chesterton says, Progress is a useless word. For progress takes for granted an already defined direction. And it's exactly about the direction that we disagree. We can't have progress until we've stated what our goal is. And then we can determine whether or not we're moving closer to it or farther from it. The real question is not whether we are progressive, but what is our goal? My goal is to get to heaven and to help others get there too. What's yours? Want Chesterton for more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, uh, we are going to continue with Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano's letter to Vigano's letter to us. We had a, a, an, a, a, an offline question um, uh, very quickly from Ethel. Ethel says, "Good morning, my sweet Mother Miriam. I enjoy your program and learn so much. I would like to watch the Sunday service in your Beloit parish. Does it stream online?" Oh dear, um, Ethel, I don't know. Um, it did stream online um, uh, when we first got here under the COVID restriction. Um, I have to tell you, I don't know, but all you need to do is go to um, St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. St. John the Baptist Catholic Church in Beloit, Kansas. And if you'll see it right on the top there uh, to stream online. Um, it'll, it'll show up right on top. I, recently, our pastor has done uh, a teaching on the Mass, um, at least the first half, I think, uh, and he did stream that online, very current, and I, I remind everyone that it's a Novus Ordo parish, so um, that's what you're going to be getting instruction in. Um, just so you know in advance in case you go to a Latin parish. Ethel, God bless you, dear one. 
And please, anybody else, feel free to call in online with anything on your heart at any time. Okay, we're going to go back now to um, Archbishop uh, Vigano's letter to us. And he says, let me back up one sentence here. Behind this aversion to the wrath of the Lord, offended by the sins of mankind, and even more so by those whom he made his children in baptism, is the implacable hatred of the enemy of the human race for the redeeming sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the passion of the Son of God, for the ransom that his blood has merited, and for each of us, the ransom his blood has merited for each of us after the fall of Adam and our personal sins. And you could say, Mother, would you repeat that? I'm just going to sum it up. The enemy has hatred for every, for God and for every single thing that God has done and for every one of us who are redeemed by him. A hatred, the enemy has a hatred that has consumed him ever since the creation of man in a mad attempt to frustrate the work of God, to disfigure the creature made in his image and likeness, and even more to prevent the divine reparation of Christ, the new Adam, and Mary, the new Eve. On the cross, the new Adam restores the order broken by sin as Redeemer. At the foot of the cross, the new Eve participates in this restoration as co-redemptrix. The failure of Satan's action is accomplished in the obedience of the second person of the most holy trinity to the Father, in the humiliation of the Son of God, just as Adam's temptation was consummated in disobedience to the Lord's will and in the good presumption of being able to break his orders without consequences. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Dear ones, President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, a thousand others, including bishops, uh, many bishops and, and, and priests who think they can disobey and dishonor God without consequences. It's not so. Archbishop continues, the world does not accept pain and death either as a just punishment for original sin and actual sins, nor as an instrument of ransom and redemption by Christ. And it is almost a paradox, a paradox, the very one who by the temptation of our first parents introduced death, sickness, and pain into the world does not tolerate that these very same things can also be the instrument of atonement when they are accepted with humility in order to repair fractured justice. He does not tolerate the weapons of destruction and death to be snatched from him in order to become instruments of reconstruction and life. Contemporary man is newly deceived by Satan, just as he was in the Garden of Eden. Let me give out our toll-free number again, dear ones, in case you do wish to call in at any time in the program. We don't need to wait till the second half. The toll-free number is um, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. I have a little hoarse throat this morning, but I'm doing fine. 
I'll continue now with Archbishop Vigino's article. A contemporary man is newly deceived by Satan, just as he was in the Garden of Eden. Then the serpent made him believe that disobeying the order given by God not to reap the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil would not have any consequences. Indeed, the serpent told him that by such disobedience, Adam would become like God. Right? Right? And haven't I said in the past, excuse me, one moment, please. I've said, I've questioned in the past when the serpent uh, tempted Eve. Uh, Eve said, we shouldn't eat from the tree. Um, and uh, Satan said, God doesn't want you to be like him. That's a lie. Isn't that a lie? Doesn't God want us to be like him? Hasn't he created us in his very image? Isn't he sanctifying us um, to uh, grow in the image uh, and likeness of himself? And the psalmist wrote that one day we shall await in his likeness. God wants us to be just like him. Not God, but creatures made in his image, just like him. So what was wrong with the devil's statement? God want, doesn't want you to be like him. No, of course he does. Of course he does. But what Adam and Eve wanted is to be like God without God. I said in the past, Frank Sinatra, only put music to the words, I'll do it my way. He didn't invent them. Every time we sin, we sin, we want to be like God without God. Every time we sin, we are tempted by the enemy in the same way that our Lord was tempted in Lent. Um, in his um, wilderness journey, every temptation the devil came to him with was legitimate. It was God's. Everything turned the stones into food. Why shouldn't he eat? Why sh- He is the Messiah. He doesn't have to jump off the temple and prove it. No. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the fre- flesh, and the pride of life are the three temptations with which the devil tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, and the same three temptations with which he tempted our Lord in the wilderness, and the same three temptations, beloved, with which he tempts us. And when he leaves us because we uh, refuse to give in, he does what he did with our Lord. He comes back at a better time. Nothing new under the sun. Those are his three ways to make us fall. And... um, the more we know about our enemy, the more we can not be conquered by him, but conquer him. <clears throat> Are we going to conquer Satan? We cannot. He's more powerful than we. But we can certainly avoid being conquered by him. Greater is he in us than he who is in the world. Let me just see where we left off here. Today the serpent deludes man that these consequences are inescapable and that he cannot accept death, sickness, and pain as just punishment, overturning them to his own advantage by uniting them to the passion and death of Jesus Christ. Because in accepting the sentence, the offender accepts the authority of the judge. He recognizes the infinite gravity of his fault and repairs the crime committed and expiates the sanction that is deserved. 
By doing so, he returns to the grace of God, nullifying the work of Satan. For this reason, Archbishop says, for this reason, the closer the end of time approaches, the more the efforts of the evil one are multiplied to cancel not only the truth revealed by Christ and preached down the centuries by the Holy Church, but also to eliminate the very concept of justice that is the basis for the redemption. The idea of the need of punishment for violation, of the reparation of guilt, of the gravity of the disobedience of the creature toward the Creator. Man has forgotten all that. It is obvious that the more men are led to believe that they have not committed any sin, the more that they will think that they do not need to repent of anything. What do I have to repent of? I actually had someone say that to me once, actually a woman who entered here and eventually left our community. We were talking about death and sin and, and the horrors in the world and our part in it, our responsibility. And She actually said out loud in the community, I'm not a part of that. I'm not a sinner. I, I almost went through the floor. Well, if you're not a sinner, you don't need a savior. And if you don't know that you're a sinner, you're not going to repent. And there's no heaven for you. The more men are led to believe that they have not committed any sin, the more they will think that they do not need to repent of anything. That they have no debt of gratitude toward God, who has so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, obedient even to death, death on a cross. If we look around us, we see how this cancellation of justice, of the sense of good and evil, of the idea that there is a God who rewards the good and punishes the wicked, leads to a definitive, irre irreparable, and irredeemable rebellion against the Lord, a premise for the eternal damnation of souls. The judge who acquits the criminal and punishes the righteous person the ruler who promotes sin and vice and condemns or prevents honest and virtual actions. The doctor who considers sickness as an opportunity for profit and health as a fault. The priest who is silent about the last things and considered and considers as pagan concepts like penance, sacrifice and fasting in atonement for sin. All of these our accomplices, perhaps unknowingly, in this latest deception of Satan. It is a deception that on the one side denies God, denies God's lordship over creatures and the right to reward them and punish them according to their actions, while on the other he comes to promise goods and rewards that only God can grant. Satan can't grant these things. All these things, Matthew says, all this I will give you if you will fall prostrate and adore me. Those are Satan's words to Jesus. He dares to say to Christ in the desert after leading him to the summit of the mountain. There's our our music for our second break, beloved, and you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 
888-528-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross com. We'll be right back. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts. From planned gifts to employer matches, we even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's one 877 Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Love really indicates where our values are, where our priorities are, and it shows our true love of God. You mentioned the thermometer of love, Father. In entry 343 of the diary, it begins, True love is measured by the thermometer of suffering. Tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. I am her, I am she, and I am live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And this is our uh, second half hour, and we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts, uh, which we do now throughout the entire program. So uh, the toll-free number to call is one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. Rusty is on the line from Massachusetts. Hello, Rusty. Hey, Mother Miriam, and uh, good morning. Very nice to talk to you. Now my blessed day is getting even better. Thank you. Aren't you sweet? Mine too, Rusty. Thank you. So, Mother Mary, I just want to touch base. Um, I pray the rosary, believe it or not, like two times a day. I usually stop by the uh, grotto of my church. I help lead the rosary group. I can't lead it tonight because I have to work late tonight. I'm usually there like quarter or five in the morning before I hit the gym. And good then I for you. Up, um, I had a mm-hmm. custom set of rosary beads because I'm a huge hockey fan and a season ticket holder to the Bruins. And so my sister had these blessed and made a jewelry for me. They're custom made for me. So I, I prayed right wow. after lunch. Mm-hmm. But I, I find it before I go to a game, it settles me down. And, um, and before I get going, because I, I have a job in the government in the Commonwealth, and it's pretty chaotic. And it's, um, mm-hmm. it actually calms me down, and especially with the season of Lent, where um, I actually yeah. help set up our 4 p.m. Mass on Saturdays. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a great thing, and I, I love being involved. 
and I feel so I take everything away, especially with Lent coming in, like more people come in, and you know, like the, the people never show up come down this time of season because the church we banged out on Easter but you won't see him again say like in July or August mm-hmm. I know but it's just I um, know that's how I feel my, my um, being whole that's how I feel I, I always that's wanted to be jumped country. I finally got through after calling for five months I finally got through to somebody but thank you are for you serious my oh my goodness five months I yeah, can't every imagine. time I call it would just ring and ring and ring because I'm new to this I found the app I can't listen to the station on the regular radio so I, I downloaded the app finally because my son you. did it because I'm 50 and I'm not tech savvy but I listen <laughs> all the time but I finally got through and you made my Monday and, uh, and I, I, I can't wait to tell everyone tonight I spoke to you oh you sweetheart <laughs> you sweetheart well how would you encourage others to pray the rosary rusty i think what you just said should be a great encouragement to them do you pray each day's mysteries well, right yes even if you have your today is like the joyous we usually do the joyous joyful that's, mysteries on monday that's exactly right and do sorrowful mm-hmm. um, all right but, but i would just tell people if, if you just have any self-doubts you you're you're upset or something bothering you or somebody's mm-hmm. sick or real or you just want to feel like you're you're reaching out to someone. The Blessed Mother is the best way to go. It's one step at a time. Just don't like jump in and say, oh, I'm going to do this, this. And it's just one step at a time, one decade at a time, and then one half hour. That's it. It's like a half hour. You're not online or watching a TV show. That's it. That's all it's it beautiful. It's beautiful. Out. And, you know, and, and what do you think, Rusty, if someone really has not prayed the rosary or hasn't been able to pray it regularly, even daily, even if they start with one decade, that's better than nothing, Right. Right, because I know tonight I have to work <laughs> late, and I have to I can't like do the full group. So I know I'm gonna I've already, I'm gonna do it at lunchtime, and then mm-hmm. tomorrow I know I can do it twice. I'm gonna be on the mm-hmm. way to the gym, and then tomorrow you know it's just there's it always another day. But as long as you can, as long as you try it, that's fine. Good, good. And Rusty, I'm I'm sure I don't know why, how on earth you waited five months to get through. I have boy, that's a mystery. But I'm gonna trust God's providence that someone needed your encouragement today to pray the rosary that is oh, the, that you, is our I, 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 I can't thank you enough mother Miriam and I, yeah, I it's our spiritual weapon a great week you too Rusty God bless you dear one okay God bless sweetheart um, we have an email from Jolene um, who writes good morning mother Miriam some time ago you described a format for Bible study which I hope to adopt for the Bible study class I want to hold in my neighborhood well good Jolene you said to pick a verse then ask what we can learn about God from reading that answer in one sentence then ask what we can learn about ourselves from reading that answer in one sentence and then ask what does it have to do with my life today? Well, you took good notes, Jolene. And, and she said, all according to the preceding answers. Answers should not be what you knew about God before this study, but only on digging into the passage. Well, you, you're very good. Um, and um, Jolene writes, I was wondering if one can apply this format to any and all texts, or if there are texts we should stay away from. Jolene, don't stay away from a thing in the Bible. It's given that's God's love letter to us. And she says, how about Jewish history? Should participants know before analyzing the Old Testament? No, no, no. And I haven't even suggested analyzing the Old Testament, dear one. No, it's, it's, it's yours. If you are Catholic, that is your history. It is your history. Uh, there's nothing that's truly Catholic that has not come from God's 
um, from the he- from God's work with the Hebrew people. There's absolutely nothing. If you don't know the Old Testament, you don't know your own history because everything in the Old Testament, every theme of every book, every piece of furniture, every feast, every everything points to the Messiah to come. And that's what Catholicism is. Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah and spread through the four corners of the earth. And so Jolene says, is it possible to come up empty? No, 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 no. In other words, to not learn anything from what we read. It's not possible, not if you're asking the question. She says, is it better to read a whole chapter or just one tiny verse? Any light you could shed on this would be helpful. Thank you. Jolene, God bless you for this. I would never pick, just pick a verse. No, read a whole chapter. And, you know, I'm doing this with my sisters here in the community right now, and we're reading through the whole book of Genesis, the first book of the scripture. Genesis to Judges is a chronological history, and the, the prophets, uh, the Psalms, all fit into that history. Um, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Deuter- uh, Leviticus, rather Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and then Judges. It's all a chronolog- chronological history from creation to the establishment of God's people to their entering the promised land. It's a beautiful story. And I suggest taking one full chapter a day and then um, at, in that chapter... Just thinking of one characteristic of God, again, you can think of 20, but one characteristic of God, let's just say, and I gave the example before in Genesis 1, chapter 1, God created the heavens and the earth and, the, and mankind. He didn't do anything else but create everything. And so what is true of God? A God who could create all things, so let's say you come up with the word all-powerful, omniscient, or that's all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful. And then so we say, well, what in Genesis chapter 1, what is true of man, mankind in Genesis chapter 1? Well, mankind hasn't done anything. It was done to him. He was created. So God is all-powerful, and guess what? We're not all-powerful. That's legitimate to say what we're not in comparison to God. And then thirdly, well, if God is all-powerful and I'm not, what does that have to do with my life today? And then I could say, if God is all-powerful and I'm not, maybe I could trust him with my problem, whatever it is. And then I pray. And then I write a prayer out, Lord, help me to trust you. And not to, um, not to uh, get depressed, not to despair about not knowing what to do. And then actually we begin with summing the chapter. So a summary of the chapter, uh, the main point of the chapter could be the creation. And then God is all-powerful. I am not all-powerful. Um, he can help me with my problem today and then ask him to. But that's really, really simple. But I'll tell you, the hardest thing about this is um, to say what's true of God because you know it, and yet it's not in that passage. It's not in that passage. So, um, for instance, um, uh, oh, let's see... Um, uh, you could, someone would say, well, God is loving. Well, that is absolutely true, um, but you have to assume it from that packet passage. You can't know it from that passage. You could see it, now that we know that God is a God of love, you could see his love in creating all those things, 
preparing um, uh, beautiful earth for the first our first parents, uh, like you prepare um, a baby's room before he or she is born with a crib and all kinds of things. God prepared that, and then He put man into it. You could you could assume that, but it's not said. So the challenge is, in order to get God to get to know God better, more deeply, to see who and what He is from the things that He's done within that chapter. Uh, specifically so again he's all powerful he's creative all of that um uh so that's that's the idea but i would say it's not a good idea to read the old testament i think it's crucial it's a must the entire bible was given to the world by the catholic church it's your bible and we need to read it from genesis right through to revelation not necessarily in that order but i would I would read Genesis through Judges in that chronological order. Um, and then you could take the New Testament in almost any order, but read a whole book at a time and do start with the Gospels. So, Jolene, I hope that helps you somewhat. Um, but I'd say read a whole chapter at a time. Um, Debbie from Pennsylvania is on the line. Hi, Debbie. Good morning, Mother. God bless Good, you. Thank you, sweetheart. Um, I, I've been going to the Latin Mass for the past mm-hmm. like six months, and then yesterday was Sunday, and I thought, let me just go by my old church to see what's going on, and I decided, I, and then, anyway, I was late, um, because I'm struggling with this right now. I said, God, I overheard something at, at the Latin Mass that I'm not getting grace. It was not meant for me to hear, but I wanted to talk to one of the priests. So I said, let me go back to my the novice order, whatever they call that, because I don't recognize it even more now. When I walked in, I was early. So I sat there and I talked to God or whatever. And then the church started to fill up. Um, and I saw, and I really did think it was a boy. And I thought, well, what beautiful hair he had. So there was what boy? Way. You thought what was a boy? There, as they started to get, uh, they're called altar boys. I thought. Um, oh, so I got you. Uh huh. Okay. So I said to the woman, I've never noticed altar boys here before, and she said, "Oh, they're not good boys. They're girls." Uh, mm-hmm. So my face like just dropped, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh," and I, I just wanted to cry. Um, it's not gotten worse. It's gotten worse, basically. And it's That's like, right. I guess, it was my decision. I cannot go back from the Latin Mass because I feel I can't, at my age, learn Latin. Clearly, I just can't. I can barely remember my names half the time. But, I mean, in this crazy world today, it's it's beyond. <clears throat> but seeing all to girls... I kept talking to myself, saying all the way home, God was a man. Jesus That's was right. a man. There mm-hmm. was apostles. There were no women except our blessed mother. Well, there's do? a great following of women uh, that our Lord had, but not for the Mass. Right. And not, no, no, no. It, the, the altar servers, um, uh, the reason that they, uh, through history, have been boys is because it's preparation for the priesthood to those who might be called. Um, it's, I, I, I agree with you, Debbie, but you know what, sweetheart? Um, you don't have to learn Latin. 
your church, just about every Catholic church, every uh, extraordinary form, all the Latin masses, they have those books that have Latin on one side and English on the other. Do you not have them? Yes. The problem, Mother, is I can't see well, and because the church is it's just so different. It's dark. It's all eyes on God the way it should be. I love mm-hmm. the Latin. Good, sweetheart. Well, you know what? Debbie, your heart is beautiful. Just love God. And don't worry if you follow every, every single thing. Adore Him and love Him and trust that your sacrifices are being joined to that Mass and being offered to God. And then you receive Him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, Stick with it, Debbie. Stick with the Latin Mass and um, just sit there and worship God and don't worry about not following every single thing and you know you can have a friend outside of the mass maybe just sit with you and take you through the little book so that you can just have a sense of what's going on if you know the order of the mass that's really all you need to know we'll be right back Prayer of Deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Our Lord tells us in the Gospels not to be concerned over questions like what are we to eat or what are we to wear. Worldly anxiety over our ability to provide for ourselves can lead to the temptation of abortion. The Lord's command to seek His kingdom first is a key to saying yes to life. It means sacrificing to make room for God and for others. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 
or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Debbie, I know you're off the line, sweetheart, but um, if you're still listening, don't worry about anything. And, and you know what you reminded me? And uh, Sir, on, hold on just a moment. I see you're on the line. Debbie, you, when you went back to your Novus Ordo church, you were shocked because the altar service were girls, and you had never seen that before. And you didn't understand why boys had such long hair, and someone told you they were girls. You know what that is um, reminds me of? You know the um, uh, example of frogs in warm water? You know, if you put, and I think that's what all of us are, pretty much, frogs in warm water, most of us at least. If you put a frog in a pot of nice warm water, and you put the pot on the stove, and the little frog has plenty of room to swim around, and he's very happy, and you turn the light on, uh, the fire on, simmer, just simmer. And eventually, so slowly, it heats up that the frog's body keeps adjusting to the temperature of the water until he boils to death. And that's what has happened in our world, even among Catholics. And what happened with you, Debbie, is that you were not in the pot. And so when you you felt the fire, uh, you jumped out. Uh, 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 someone whose uh, body is getting used to all the evil in the world, you, you hardly recognize it anymore because it's, it's, it's life as normal. But if you haven't been involved and you come into it, it's an absolute shock. And... Um, uh, I, I actually, Debbie, appreciated your shock very much um, because uh, so much of the world is just used to seeing girls as altar service. It should never be. And the answer that bishops give and others, well, the church allows it. Indeed it does, and the church allows many things that have uh, taken us down a very... Um, how do I say, um, what's the word, a thousand words, um, distressing path, unholy path that have lost, we've been robbed of the faith, uh, holy days are no longer holy days of obligation, they're all put on Sunday, nobody even knows their faith anymore. It's, it's truly a shame, Debbie, and um, I just actually love that you were shocked back into the Latin Mass. Um, not happy for you in that sense, but to show um, how much uh, of a difference that is. It's, it, it changes the meaning of everything. Um, boys were, girls were never meant to be priests, and we betray them when we let them be altar service, and then they say, I want to be a priest. Sorry, you can't. Well, what did you do? What did you train me as an altar server for then? <clears throat> and I don't blame them. Sean from Pennsylvania. Hi, dear one. Hi, Mother. Good morning. Hi. Oh, I'm doing fine, except for my scratchy throat, but I'm just doing fine. Uh, my question is, I'm a Christian. And I was oh, good for good. Go, I was wondering, how do you go about praying today? Praying, how, praying what? Praying the rosary. Oh, my, yes. And you know, what denomination are you in, uh, Sean? Uh, you mean the church I go to? Yes, uh-huh. Man, I, I, I don't even go to church. I study God on my own at home. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I tell you what. Um, 
do you have a rosary? Yes, I do have. Oh, great. Okay. Are, and you're able, are you able to use the internet? Yes, I'm, I'm on the internet watching you right now. Oh, you are. Very good, then. If you just type in how to pray the rosary, you will get uh, illustrations, you'll get every word of all the prayers, um, the meditations. It will tell you how. I wish I had a specific site to refer you to. Um, uh, at the moment, I, I'd have to look it up myself, dear Sean, but um, uh, my goodness, I'd love to send you a, a bunch of material, but um, if you, um, oh, I don't have it. We're still in temporary quarters over here, and uh, we don't have all our material. Um, can you, two things, Sean, type in how to pray the rosary. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Martin Luther, um, uh, who left the Catholic Church, he loved the rosary, and he prayed it. Um, and many of the reformers did as well. So you'll do very well. And it's, you'll recognize it, Sean, because it's all scripture. It's all from scripture. So uh, type in how to pray the rosary and just keep doing it till you come across a site that you really love. If you can print it out, great. If not, read it online. Um, and Sean, if you would leave, if you don't mind, it's up to you to leave your, your name and address. If you wish to do that with the call screener, um, I think we could send you uh, material on how to pray the rosary as well, if you wish. Yeah, I'd, I'd do that, thank you. Okay, good, Sean. God bless you. Are you you're home because you cannot get to church? And I'm, I've, I've been listening to some of your callers about going to church. I, um, I just made my decision to stop going because they weren't preaching God the way I was brought up uh, being taught. Uh-huh. Where what, what? Where was it? In, did you say St. Joseph? I'm in, I'm, no, I'm in Washington, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And, and, they, and every church I've been going to, they just not teaching God the way oh, I was brought up. Oh, Sean. I tell you what. If you can, are there Latin churches, do you know, extraordinary form in Washington, Pennsylvania? I'm not really sure about that. I just always went to Christian churches. Right. Well, I, you know, for me, they're one. the Catholic Church is the first Christian church. It's just universal. The word Catholic was first used in Antioch, uh, or rather, um, um, and by St. Ignatius, um, if you can, sweetheart, if you can get to a, you'd have to look it up online, see if you could find a Latin church and make an appointment with the priest, and you will hear the truth of the gospel uh, taught. Many, many churches have simply stopped teaching the gospel today. They've stopped teaching salvation. They've stopped teaching uh, last things. Uh, it's just a shame, and it's it's the enemy's fight to have us not hear the truth, Sean. So God bless you, dear one. But if you know Scripture, you know that um, the book of Hebrews tells you to not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. So I would try very much if you could find a church, and if it's a Catholic Latin Mass, and go to the priest 
um, and um, ask him to help you. I think he would love to. I wish I knew a church to refer you to in Washington, Pennsylvania. If every, anyone knows that, if you're at a Latin Mass in Washington, Pennsylvania, or a very good Reverend Novus Ordo that preaches the gospel, let Station of the Cross know that. And we can get that information to Sean. All right, honey. Leave your name and address with the call screener, and we'll send you whatever material we can on the rosary. And in the until you get it, you could look up online how to pray the rosary. Is that good, my brother? Thanks, that's great. Thank you, mother. Okay, sweetheart. Thanks so much for calling in, Sean. Um, and we there's our closing music, beloved. Let me mention something because people have asked for an update on our situation in Beloit. Um, We need to sell the home that we have built uh, over eight months um, and spent three quarters of a million on it. We're not gonna be able to live in it here in Beloit. We need to sell it. And I want to tell you a gift that uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Real Estate for Life, realestateforlife.org, but I spoke with them yesterday and they're going to help us try to sell it. That's what they do. They exist to help people sell their homes, and they give a portion of that to any charity of their choice. They're wonderful. Realestateforlife.org. I want to thank God for them. We'll speak with you tomorrow, dear ones.